Hello, this is Dan Kalak, member of the Palma Band of Lusanio Indians and the Chief Medical Officer for Indian Health Council over the past 19 years. Miyum. May we all wonder and be blessed by the energy created by the life around us, perpetuated and created from our ancestors and their ancestors for time immemorial. We recognize the Creator's hand is all that we see, feel, think, and do here on Earth and in our short existence. We treasure our time together and we wish each other peace, happiness, and long life. For love, health, time is all we have here on Earth. We relish our bodies, minds, spiritual being, and our consciousness, drinking in our reality with the ones we love and making a good place for our people is paramount. For our Earth, our animal brothers and sisters on Earth, the ocean, the sea, and the unseen that share our space, we treasure your existence. For our children we love, live, and last one more day, if not for ourselves, but for our generations to come forever now on Earth and to the universe end. Michonne Lovick. Welcome to another episode of What About Life? I'm your host, David S. Dawson, Multimedia Coordinator at Indian Health Council. Joining me for today's podcast is the PEI team of George Pojas. Hello. And Arturo Calvo. Hello, hello. Uh, been a while since we sat down, just the three of us for a podcast. Yeah, it's been a minute, huh? A little bit, a few, right? But it's always, we're still consistent. You guys have been pretty busy the last couple months, month and a half. A little bit, a little bit. Uh, trying to catch up and get out of the restrictions of COVID, right? Yeah. Trying to not get COVID. Oh, man. <laughs> well... Trying to stay safe and keep everybody safe is always a priority. Right. right. Um, I think that's why we do the podcast, to get the information out and um, people are able to tune in on their phones or at home. Yeah, especially this month uh, with uh, it being our primary focus with our programs and Suicide Prevention Month. September is Suicide Prevention Month, and that's our focus here with the PEI program. Um, September 10th was National Suicide Prevention Day, but uh, for the whole month we try to do a uh, wide array of activities and just mainly they'll get the message out. So that's, uh, that's been really what, what's been going on. So when you say get the message out about suicide prevention, what exactly does that mean? Because um, that's kind of like just a general statement. Like what are the things that you try to convey to people about suicide during this month so there's uh there's there's a lot to because obviously we're not promoting suicide right (laughs) we just want to make sure people are aware of it we're not we're not promoting suicide but we're definitely promoting the resources that help people that are dealing with it and a lot of those resources people aren't familiar with yes they're becoming more and more familiar but there's still resources out there that people aren't uh, really knowing and yet comfortable using. So I think our, jo- our job and, and, and our task at hand is to really familiarize people and get people to really uh, uh, move past the stigmas that are associated with asking for help, 
um, understanding that they're not alone, and then really saying, okay, these are tools, these are things that, that are out there for me, and, and, and let me try it out. You know, you know, like the clinic, you know, like, like the behavioral health department, you know, it's been here a lot longer than I have, you know, and, and, and every single day we meet new people that may be coming here for the first time because they, they've been dealing with this for a long time. And hopefully, you know, something that we say or something that we shared uh, really gets them to a point where they say, okay, let me go try this out. Let me go, let me go uh, see what, see what this thing, you know, is about and, and see if it could help. So um, for whatever reason, uh, people um, really find it difficult to, to access some of the services that, that are here for them. Mm-hmm. Whether it's services here or somewhere else, right? Trying to break, like you said, um, knock those barriers down. The stigma associated with I must be crazy, right? Or what am I going through? Um, getting people uh, comfortable with looking at those warning signs, which we're going to talk about later, right? Yeah. How how to help somebody? How to look at it? Hey, my my buddy um, Art might be in trouble. How can I help him? How can I get him in to see? one of the providers here. And, and and the reality is it might not be a provider here. You know, sometimes the best resource or the best help is those gatekeepers, your neighbor, your friend, your mom, your dad, that picks up on them and, and gets them in for help. And in the end, that's what's important to all of us, I know, is just that you get help, not necessarily that yes. you come here for help. Just we want to make sure that people who are suffering find the help they need to yes. alleviate that suffering and avoid what is, you know, a very unfortunate outcome if you don't get the help, right? Yeah. I think uh, some of the biggest obstacles uh, that, that we deal with and uh, um, some of the, the, the most conversations that we have really go along with, like, the, uh, the myths and facts is what we call them in the field, but, you know, what people have heard about suicide and about mental illness, you know, and, and those are really kind of where, where a lot of our topics and conversations, our presentations, if it, if you may, really kind of, kind of start and, 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 uh, Art and myself really go out there and, and tackle it at hand with, with, uh, asking, you know, asking the questions and, and, and putting the conversations out there, like, you know, what have you guys heard? You know, what are, what are some of the, uh, things that you guys have heard about suicide or why do you think people do it? Or why don't people get help? You know, and like, well, and it's assumptions that people make too, right? Like it's not just things that they've heard, but it's just their own assumptions of, of something. Yeah. Yeah, it's all yeah, it's always assumptions and 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 uh, uh, stigmas again. But um, you know, like like you know, only professionals could help people. Mm-hmm. You know, if I don't have access to a professional, then then I can't get help. You know, and and that's that's not true. You know, professionals are definitely definitely helpful. You know, and having access to professionals definitely um, gives you uh, a, a better chance at at you know having um, um, more success with your mental illness, you know, uh, breakthroughs and things like that. But, you know, like Art mentioned, the gatekeepers or, or, you know, you know, the community members that are knowledgeable and that are understanding and, and aware of, of, of mental illness are, are huge, you know, and the more, the more trainings that we get out there and the more, you know, uh, QPR trainings and mental health trainings and, and uh, the more groups that we do, the more 
Um, the more support services that are out in the community, I think, are empowering the community to really get confidence to, that, to say that, you know what, we could help each other. You know, it doesn't just take a professional, even though we like the goal is to get people to the professional help they need or the, the self-help resource, if you may, where it is going to give this person the type of coping skill to help them maintain the difficulties in their life. But really um, giving our community and individuals in the community the confidence to say, I could help people that need it. You know, and, mm -hmm. and the, the big myth is only professionals could help people. And, you know, yes, professionals definitely could help. And we but want. There's, but there's also support groups. There's community organizations. There's churches. There's a lot of places people yep. can go for yep. comfort and, and support. Right? El elders and our youth. I mean, how many times have you went and, you know, to a youth group or hung out or watched a youth game or, or hung out with some kids and they've just inspired you and made you feel like, you know what, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing, you know, or uh, you pets, your pets keep you moving, you know, it, it just, there's inspiration everywhere, you know, and, and, and you get hung up thinking that, you know, it's, it's only the, there's only certain things that, I, that could help me where, you know, you'd be surprised if you're open to it. You know, some other some other myths that are out there is uh, um, don't talk about it. Mm. You know, don't. I've talk, heard that one. Yeah. yeah. Don't talk about it. You know, this person's walk, you know, you have to walk on eggshells around somebody that's dealing with mental illness or in this case, suicide. So so let's go back to why not talk about it. I, I think what it is, is is we feel that if we if we talk about it, then we're going to push them over the edge. You know, respectively speaking, like this person is is at a point in their thought where they're 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 really really close to making a decision of of suicide, and if we talk about it, then we're going to encourage them to do it. Kind of like that safe sex talk that we that we're supposed to have. Yeah. Right. If we talk about it, we're going to encourage it or we're going to push it. Right. Right. You know, let's not talk to our kids about sex because we don't. As long if we as, don't talk about sex, then they won't know about sex yeah. and, and they, they won't, won't do, do sex, which is just right. That doesn't follow nature. And that's probably another another podcast. <laughs> Whole another podcast. Right. <laughs> but, but, it, but it is it is similar to the, the discussion about suicide. Right. Like, yeah. like I know people who are fearful to bring up the word. Yeah. When talking to somebody who's obviously suffering from something for fear that just saying it might make them think it's an option. Right. And that's really not the way it works. Right. right. You know, s similar with substance abuse too. families don't want to talk about drugs or alcohol around, you know, addicts because they don't want to accuse them. They don't want them to feel like they're putting them on the spot or disrespecting them. You know, we want to give them their space, but you know, in, with suicide, we feel like, you know, as long as we don't talk about it, it's not going to happen. When in, in reality, it, it's opposite. You know, if, if we talk about it, the person actually feels like people care and notice them. And people that are thinking and contemplating suicide are actually feeling so alone that nobody notices them or nobody understands what they're going through. And if you bring it up, they actually most likely are feeling like, wow, somebody notices me. Right. And, and, and if you think about somebody that is probably at that decision in their life, they're probably so alone and, and they're just begging for someone to notice them. Well, I think that's a really good uh, 
point, like we don't talk often enough, I think, about the mental state somebody must be in to decide that ending it is the only option they have left. Right. Looking at it, you know, um, most people is not, they just don't know how to keep on living with that pain. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I I think it's important to understand that. Like they always talk about know your enemy, right? Yeah. Well, in the case of suicide, the enemy is loneliness, uh, isolation, hopelessness, um, a feeling like nothing will ever get better, right? Uh, Or others will be better off if I'm gone, you know, which all those things kind of feed one another, right? So if we can understand that that's, that is the state of mind that leads to suicide. The combating nature to that is to make somebody not feel alone, make sure they feel recognized, make sure that they know they're not a burden. Right. And I think that kind of uncomfortable nature people have about talking about suicide, about approaching it with somebody that they fear might be moving that direction further isolates the person they're worried about, right? Yeah. Because that person now sees that they're making someone uncomfortable. They see that they're avoiding them, you know, and they just figure it's because it's them. And and at the uh, uh, there's another myth too though that if people talk about it they don't do it. You know, like uh people this person's always talking about it. They're always, you know, making threats. They're just asking for attention. Well, you know, that's exactly what they're asking for. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the myth is that if they talk about it, they don't do it. Um, no, if people are making threats, they should be taken seriously. Sometimes people threaten more than other people, and they should just be taken more seriously. Um, well, and in the end, everybody's unique, right? So everybody's got their own approach to, right, right. to where they're headed. And Some and, people, they'll, they'll raise the flag and try and make sure – Hey, anybody noticing me? Right, right. <laughs> you, know? you know, and then there are others who are quiet about it, and it's some comes people as a have. Bit of a some people can just come out and ask for help, and some people can't. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, yeah. some people have no problem saying, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm struggling with life. I need some help." And some people say, "You know, nothing." Yeah, and just suffer. But I think it's 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 so easy. It, we, we we as people have a tendency to just generalize everything, right? So it's like, well, if they're talking about it, they're not really thinking about it. That might be true for some of the people who talk about it all the time. It's not true for everybody. So I think like we always have to kind of analyze the person we're talking to and and kind of think of what their personality is and how serious is this and not just brush anything off as, well, they're talking about it. it's not it's not a thing. Well, this person, it may be a thing for them. Right. Right? How well do you know your friend? Maybe that's a cue to actually have a real conversation about it if they're constantly threatening it or constantly joking about it or or that sort of thing like maybe that's the window to open up and ask the question like hey you keep bringing this up what's going on right another another uh um myth um this one is uh one of the more more uh widely um argued that we talk about Uh, once a person decides to attempt suicide there's nothing anyone can do to stop them and um that is not true um we feel like suicide is the most preventable kind of death um almost any positive action 
um, could help somebody. And with the right intervention, and there can be so many different scenarios. There's an infinite amount of scenarios for for all the people in the world and people dealing with you know with depression and 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 hard times in life. And the right type of intervention and the right type of help for that particular person can prevent them from from suicide um so so it is preventable can i can i give a, an example of that from my own life sure um so my parents both of whom are passed away so i'm not violating any hipaa <laughs> sharing this story um, but when i was 14 my parents were divorced and my mom went through a very dark period of time a lot of drug addiction and alcohol addiction and various other things. Um, but she also went through a very dark uh, period where she was contemplating suicide on a fairly regular basis. Now, I lived with my father. My mother lived further up north um, near Santa Maria. And um, I remember I was 14. I got a phone call from my mom. And she wasn't very good at, like, lines of communication, you know. So it was a rare thing to get a phone call from my mother. So... I answered and she was not in tears, but she definitely sounded sad when she called. And she um, she basically was telling me how much she loved me and that you know, no matter what happens, I should always know that she cares for me and, and loves me and wants the best for me. And she just really felt compelled to tell me that completely out of the blue, right? And, um, I felt weird when I got off the phone with her and I remember I called my dad who was at work and I said, Hey dad, I think mom's, I think mom's got some problems going on. And I think she's maybe contemplating something none of us would like to see happen, you know? And my dad's like, well, you think she's going to commit suicide? And I said, I think it's a real possibility. I was 14 years old, you know? And I I said, "I, I don't know what to do about it. My dad said, well, um, let me let me make some calls and I'll see what I can find out. So he called her. He talked to her for like 10 or 15 minutes. And while he was on the phone with her and got a sensation, that I, same sensation I had in the conversation with her, he called her boyfriend. He called um, a couple of her other friends in the area, and they all went to her house. And he stayed on the phone with her until the friends arrived. And, you know, they, 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 they spoke to her. They took care of her. Um, they did end up taking her um, to a clinic and, and had her talk to a therapist. And, you know, many, many years later, um, in a conversation with my mother, she told me that um, the phone call she placed to me was, in fact, you know, her saying goodbye. And, um, she, she was shocked when my father called like two minutes later, <laughs> um, you know, cause they weren't on the best of terms at that time, but, but he called and he was gentle and he was kind and she was caught off guard by that. And then suddenly her friends were all there and she felt loved <laughs> and she that, that isolation she was feeling, that loneliness she was feeling, that disconnect from her children that she was feeling, which was a very deep root cause of, of her pain, 
was taken care of uh, because we we acted on a sensation that me at 14 years old had. And she told me again years later that, you know, that saved her life. Because if, if nobody had shown up, she'd have taken her life that day. Man. And, wow. um, you know, it's one of those things. It's like if you feel that sensation that your friend or your family member is going down that path, do what you can to, to reach out to them, to find others who can reach out to them, to whatever means you can try and, and give them that support line because um, it can make a world of difference. Indian Health Council has been empowering Native wellness for over 50 years. We continue to do so with services like our mobile pantry, where you can receive free and nutritious food for you and your family. Join us at our Rincon facility on the second Tuesday of every month or on the fourth Tuesday of every month at our Santa Isabel location between 10 and 11 a.m. Upon arriving, you'll receive a variety of prepackaged dry goods and bulk produce. The mobile pantry is open to all families and community members. Both of our sites are following all COVID-19 health and safety guidelines as recommended by the CDC at this time. Upon arriving, please stay in your vehicle and wear a mask when coming to receive your food and practice safe social distancing. We look forward to seeing you at our mobile pantry and we thank you for listening to this podcast. Indian Health Council, empowering native wellness since 1970. You know that goes uh, right along the lines of a of another big myth that that we have is that uh, um, 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 people who who are thinking about suicide only keep their plans to themselves. Um, and a lot of times, we'll hear about families that you know after they've lost someone is you know I had no idea, you know I had no idea, you know everything was fine, you know my my kid was a straight A student was was in sports was a team captain. Or, you know, my, my, you know, my mom was doing great, was excelling and thriving. And it wasn't, it's not until after when they start, you know, learning the warning signs and start getting in the field and the support groups and things like that, where they, they start realizing that there was a lot of signs and there was a lot of, you know, calls for help, mm-hmm. you know, and they start feeling guilty. But, you know, you can't feel guilty for things that you learned today that happened yesterday, you know. Right. So um, that's another big myth is is that people don't keep, don't share their plans. Um, they don't share them in the way we understand them. They share them in the way that they feel, you know. And, and again, it's kind of like them calling out their their ways of calling out for help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, my mom my mom didn't say it explicitly to me. Right. It was just a sensation I had in the way she spoke and in the randomness of that phone call compared to her normal behavior pattern with me. Right. So it just, it raised a lot of red flags. And I, and I, and I think that's really, I think so often we avoid seeing those flags. We avoid, we avoid things that make us uncomfortable. (laughs) I feel, (laughs) I feel sorry for my friends and family 
sometimes because uh like like if my kids are going through something difficult it's like i'm like this like hovering like w- like a uh, 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 guard dog around them because it's like oh they i know they're going through something and you never know you never know but nobody really uh, you know as close to we are in the field and 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 with all the warning signs that we work with every single day and we've seen so many different scenarios it's like you never know Mm-hmm. You never know. I mean, there are situations where people have just had something really bad happen, you know, and, and, and you know, may, maybe, you know, they told a couple of people or one person, but, you know, it's just, it's a really difficult thing. Yeah. You know, well, and that's the danger, too, is that they only open up to one person, and if that one person doesn't catch on, like, you, you know, know, we've missed so, the opportunity. So going back to these gatekeepers, um trainings that we do it's so important because going back to the reality is when do most crises happen you know the clinic's always here but it might be with george on the weekend your mom on on you know by the way that was that's a that's a strong story you shared with us thank you for sharing i know it was tough but it it kind of grounded everything yeah, it was really tough not to cry. Man, <laughs> like I was, I was sitting, I was sitting here, <laughs> but but the importance, you know, going back. What if you you didn't pick up on those warning signs? Yeah, you know, I I always think about that. I mean, I, I mean, that's why it's. Do people always share some warning signs, or, or do they share some? Yes, a little bit, right? And in another aspect, there there has been people that are walking around depressed, that don't know that they're depressed. Yeah. They don't know whatever they're going on through or whatever's happening in their life. And, and and they start acting out with like risky behaviors, you know, and not caring so much. Yeah. And again, they don't know. They don't really understand. They just are a little more careless, yeah. you know, and uh, um, they uh, um, become more and more careless. And next thing you know, you know, it, 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 it gets really dangerous. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a it, it's a hard thing it's a hard thing to go by, you know. Uh, one one of the things that we do uh, in one of our trainings, our, our QPR trainings. Matter of fact, that's where I got a lot of these myths and facts from. What but, is QPR? Uh, question, persuade, and refer. But one of the things we do is is we encourage people to ask the question, and asking the question is asking, you know, are you suicidal? So are hold, you, hold on, let, let's backtrack. I think you need to talk a little bit how to ask that question because so, so when, when we ask that question, there's a right way and there's also a right because it can come across really aggressive. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so w- without getting you know too far into it because you know I, we we're probably going to talk about it on another on another podcast, but um uh it it, it uh um it's best to ask the question you know and a lot of times people are so scared that the answer is going to be yes that they would rather not ask the question. It goes right. back to, you know, let's not talk about it. Right. You know, because I don't want it to be true. Because if, if you ask your mom, you know, that question, and if she says yes, God, what are you going to do? You know, then you have to do something. Yeah. You are now responsible. Yeah. You know, you're going to have to call 911. You're going to have to do something. Or else it's then become your responsibility or, in some cases, your burden, you know. And so it's like, I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to deal with this. I'm just going to just make sure this person's okay, maybe get them something to eat, tell them a joke, get them to laugh, and move on. Yeah. Because I can't deal with this. Well, and, and I think it, it comes back down to 
I mean, you and I were talking about something completely unrelated earlier today, but being prepared for stuff, uh-huh. right? Like doing the research, having having information at your at your disposal when something comes up, right? So if you ask the question and they respond with, yes, I'm feeling suicidal, and you don't know what to do with that, uh-huh. then you really don't want to ask the question, right? right? Well, it, well, asking the question is better than not asking the question. No, I agree. But what it I'm is, saying yeah. is like the, right. the reason why I think so many people don't want to ask that question is they don't want to be burdened with something they don't know how to right. respond yes. to, yes. right? And, and so they don't want to hear yes. Yeah. yeah, they don't want to hear the it's, yes because they they're fearful of what they then can't do or don't right. know to do for that person who and, says and that. And so the biggest thing we encourage people to do is if you're a loved one, you or a loved one um, or someone you care about or someone you're working with is in this situation and you're concerned about them, get your resources together, get in the know, get all the information together, get your websites together, get you know, start Googling links and, and the 988 numbers and the, and the suicide hotlines, get those ready. And then when you ask the question, you could say, boom, here, you know, right. it's better than nothing. Right. So, so even if you don't have your resources ready, don't let that stop you from not asking a question. Right. right? Just yeah. remember. Well, I mean, at, at this point, it's so easy to then call 988. Yes. Right. That's what right? I was going like to. That number's so easy now for people to know. Yes. And I get before that number. It's like, who do you call? Like, nobody wants to call 911 and have an ambulance arrive. Like, I get that. I understand that. But 988 is now there as a very easy resource the second somebody says, yes, I'm feeling suicidal. It's like, okay, let's call 988 together. Right. Right? Like, and and you can just help them make that connection. Right? Yep. And and whether you were prepared or not, you did something. Exactly. You know, you did something and... Um, and you have shown compassion to that person, which yep. is probably the single most important thing that they needed. I would think so. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot to get into. And, and I think with Suicide Prevention Month um, and the efforts that, that we try to do is, is mainly just show compassion to our community. You know, just let everyone know that we're here, that we care. You know, we, we do our best. Um, there's some programs and, and organizations out there that do amazing stuff. Like uh, there's a huge walk down in um, um, in uh, uh, Liberty Station. If any, if anybody is uh, a survivor of suicide or going or, or thinking about suicide themselves, you know, it's an absolutely powerful, powerful walk. We take part in it every year. Um, or just want to get involved. Or just get involved. Yeah. If you just want to get involved, your agency, your organization, your, your family, yourself, they take pets down there, kids down there. And I mean, there's what, 500 to 1,000 people down That's there on lot, average. Yeah. When, when is that walk? It's at the end of October usually. Okay. And so it's a huge, it's called Out of the Darkness. And it, it just really, really brings the community together. And um, it, it's going to get all the feels though. I mean, the first time I did it, I, was, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I was. We went there and just did another booth. You know, we we're doing our information, getting the clinic out there, and and boom, it was just like wow. You know, this is a lot bigger than us. You know, and and there's people that are you know just still you know not even healing yet that are just really 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 suffering, and uh, they they bring that there, and there's also people there that are ready to help them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we do a little, we, 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 we do our own little walk here. You know, that, that inspired us to do our own little walk. We, we have our walk coming up at the end of the month. Uh, we've, we've done our walk every year. We, we missed it during, you know, COVID a couple times. Um, uh, did we do it last year? No. No, no, so we, this we, is our first one back? This is the first year back we since were 2019. Still, yeah, we were still in, in restrictions, lockdown. They're letting us out. Uh, virtually, we did it. We did virtually? it virtually? No, no. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, <laughs> so partly, we were there. We were there, you know, trying to keep everybody safe. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, and everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome. And, you know, when you when you come and walk, you know, just think about those that are struggling. You know, if you're struggling, know yeah. that everybody there is is there for you. We're going to be there. We're there for you, um, you know, and, that, and what that means is that we care. You know, we're resources. We're, we're, we have the clinic here. They could, they could do our best to help, you know. Uh, Dave, I think, you know, you saying that, you know, having empathy and, and compassion is, is huge, you know, whether we're doing a good job or we're, we're trying our best, yeah. you know, and, and that means, I think, caring. And, and that we have a facility here that does that. Um, and um, we can connect you with services here or, or try to connect you with services closer to you. But um, that's just, you know, part, part of, of trying to battle this thing because it's, it's really, really difficult. You know, it's really difficult. You know, it, it, it's one thing to, to sit here and talk about it and, 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 and to have, um, you know, no, no people. But, but when you're dealing with it, it, it it's, it's devastating. It's devastating. They say yeah. that um, one, one, one suicide, one person going through suicide has, has made at least, you know, several different attempts, up to 20 different attempts before they, you know, um, have seriously, you know, hurt themselves or even, you know, you know, killed themselves. And then not to mention, not to mention, think about the, the, the amount of people that are affected by the loss. You know, think about an overdose when we lose a young person or anyone to, to death. When, when it's an overdose, it just rocks our whole community. You know, being from a, a, a close-knit community like ours, everybody just feels devastated, you know, with, with suicide it's 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 very similar in a sense but 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 different because we realize that that this person was was just just sad and we could have helped them you know with, with substance abuse it's different because there's there the addiction aspect of it but a whole community is impacted you know we feel like oh i just saw them you know i, I should have gave him a hug i should have had a more you know i should have had a conversation with him darn it well, I think I think anytime you lose anybody in your life for any reason, you, you're ultimately faced with regrets, right? Like that's just part of the grieving process is facing regrets. But I think a lot of regrets could be alleviated or made less impactful if you know that you made some attempt, if you made that effort to try and help somebody. Um. Whereas when you look back and you go, gosh, I really think they were reaching out and I didn't do anything like that regret, I think is a lot harder to live with in the end than if you actually tried, Yep. you know, it's okay to try and not achieve something, (laughs) right? At least you make the effort and, and you as a, as a human being know that you made that, that effort and you know that you made that that attempt and I think you know God forbid you're not able to help that person but at least you can live with yourself that you, that you did try 
Whereas I think it's much harder to live with, with a regret of inaction. Yeah. You know? Anybody going through any issues? 988-760 at the clinic, 749-1410. Option four? Option four. 5249. 5249. There's a lot of resources, a lot of help available. Um, Me and George are always available. I know the clinic, Dave, everybody here. I'll give you um, George's personal home phone number. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. He's going to be the Dr. Kalaka suicide prevention. No. That that man is, he's different. That's the man. You know, so but uh, so when when yeah yeah when's our suicide walk? Uh, is that the 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 last twenty six the last Monday of the month the twenty sixth? It's an awareness walk. Yeah, come support anybody going through it. Um, yeah. And that's here at the Rincon campus, Rincon correct? Clinic, mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yep. And uh, everyone gets our new hat. Um, we got some food going on, and then immediate follow immediately following that, we're gonna have a huge uh, 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 in depth presentation if if you're interested in more information it it really we're going to cover um what art was calling the gatekeeper uh we're going to train you to be a gatekeeper it's a three-step action plan to help somebody that's suicidal and it's like cpr but it's called qpr and it's to help you identify someone that's in a crisis and to get them um through a crisis to the help they need awesome that's a great resource and that's Monday the 26th. September 26th. At noon here here at the Rincon yep, campus. Yep, and it's open okay. to everybody. Awesome. Well, I hope I hope people come out and and uh, take the walk and learn from you guys on the QPR. And, uh, again, if you're in crisis, 988 is the easy number to call. Um, you can also call the clinic, 760-749-1410, option 4. Guys, thank you very much. Uh, To our listeners, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you taking the time out of your day to to learn about these topics. And hopefully you find it helpful and hopefully uh, spreading the word and making awareness uh, will help uh, someone somewhere at some point in time. Until next time, it's the PEI team and myself, and we will catch you all again soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the What About Life podcast from Indian Health Council. Please take a moment and make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss a single new episode. The views and opinions expressed by those interviewed on the What About Life podcast, including all program participants, are solely their own current opinions regarding events and are based on their own perspective and opinion. It is the opinion and perspective of the interviewees and the hosts. Such views, opinions, and or perspectives are intended to convey a life story or based on recollections about events in their lives on which conflicting memories may exist and are not intended to malign any individual, religion, ethnic group, or company. The views and opinions expressed do not reflect the views or opinions of Indian Health Council, Inc., or the companies with which any program participants, interviewees, are or may be affiliated. The What About Life podcast is a production of the Health Promotions and Marketing Department at Indian Health Council and is funded through the Prevention and Early Intervention Program from the County of San Diego HHSA Mental Health Services Act. What About Life is produced and edited by David S. Dawson, executive produced by Beth Turner. Our research team and hosts are George Pojas, Arturo Calvo, Jason Levine, and Marissa Yepa. This episode of What About Life is the copyright of Indian Health Council, Inc.